You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The South African companies that have half-year and year-end results to the end of December 2021 have produced a raft of trading updates and real results in the last few weeks. Why are they particularly significant to 91? With me is Rohana Khan, Portfolio Manager at 91 in Cape Town. And Rohana, it's always been very interesting to me to see that one of your core sort of principles, investment principles, is you look at trading updates and even results and say, well, if they're better than expected or worse than expected, then they warrant attention. Maybe you could sort of expand on that theme. Yes, Lindsay. Thanks so much for having me. Pleasure. So I guess the key of our, our philosophy is around earnings revisions at a reasonable valuation. And what that means is we believe that the share price of the business today is trying to discount what the next 12 to 18 months earnings are for that particular company at a reasonable valuation. So if we can get ahead of the curve and understand if those earnings are going to be upgraded or downgraded, then we can make good money for our clients. So we could you know, go overweight those ones where we think the earnings are, have upside potential and be underweight those where the earnings are going down, with valuation being that tension as well. Sounds very simple, but it's something that uh, other asset management companies that I speak to don't employ. Has it served you well over the years? It definitely has. And I think we've had the philosophy tested, you know, last year again. It keeps being stress tested by external quant providers. And it still proves that earnings revisions does work well in the SA market. Very good. And you must have been very, very busy then over the last two, three weeks because there has been so many trading updates and so many sets of results. And from what I've seen, SA Inc. has done rather well. Have you found that as well? Yes, Lindsay. So, you know, I think going into these trading updates, our numbers, especially for the banks and the South African retailers, were ahead of market consensus across a large array of stocks. And what we found is that, you know, not only are the numbers coming in ahead of consensus, it's coming in ahead of, ahead of our numbers as well. So happy to unpack any area that, that you'd like. Yeah, well, please do. I mean, retailers and banks that have a specific focus within the borders of South Africa are obviously very interesting. And I noticed from the first couple of weeks of trading, trading action on my screen in January that somebody really started to like South Africa. I don't know if it was a group of local investors or international investors or combination of, of both, but something alerted me. And that's continued. I mean, we've, we've seen consistent outperformance by South Africa compared to its emerging market and even developed market peers. Yes, no, we have. And I think the, the key is, you know, in terms of those earnings revisions, I think the market, a lot of these cyclical companies underestimated, um, you know, the earnings power of these businesses um, on various line items. So if we can just go an example, like the likes of ABSA, I think the year-on-year numbers are, are messy. So it comes out with the trading update, the middle point of guidance is 130% up year-on-year. But that's le- less relevant to us. It's, it's where that number sits versus consensus. And, you know, it was a beat of 5% on our number, but it was a beat about 15% on consensus. So that gap was really big. For SA Bank to beat to that extent is quite material because usually these businesses are are easier to forecast. And it does talk to the fact that there are a lot of underlying drivers inside that business that's kind of hard to forecast because of the cyclicality with the COVID bases and et cetera coming out. So what's key for us going into the results, because obviously these are all updates. Nedbank, you know, beat consensus by 20%. ABSA by, you know, 15% as mentioned. It's when these results come out, the key for us now is the sustainability of what's sitting inside those earnings numbers, why it beat our numbers, why it beat consensus, and how that then rolls out into into the following year is going to be quite key. 
from our understanding, high level in terms of why we know we are ahead of consensus is around, you know, non-interest revenue lines inside the banks, where we think activity with the consumers actually held up a lot better than the markets expected. Um, and that we can talk to the retailers and the, and the updates that came out there on their top lines. And then also around the impairment line in these banks, you know, like they, they tucked away a lot of provisions with COVID. And what we're finding, even in the retailers' data's book, is that this consumer and the corporate South Africa are in much better shape. So they don't actually need as much provisions um, on their balance sheet. So that's also starting to unwind. Sounds like there's been a lot of lovely surprises. What about the retailers, though? Because banking and retailing are inextricably linked, of course, because one leads to the other, or rather, they both have a sort of symbiotic relationship. I've seen a lot of good retail results um, coming out of South Africa trading updates as well. Um, There's a couple that are doing badly and uh, quite a few that are doing very well. Any that stick out for you, Rihanna? Yeah, I think Truth, um, which is the ugly girl at the ball usually, was actually the retailer with the most upgrades. You know, like going into those results, we kind of had a sense that we were we were about 12 percent ahead of consensus going into those results. Um, and what we found was that it beat our expectations Gosh. as well. Mm. So it was an extra 10 percent ahead of our numbers. You know, so we were 12 percent ahead of consensus and we had to upgrade our numbers by double digits on the back of those results. And um, what's interesting about Truett's is it's, you know, like I said, it's the ugly girl at the ball because it's losing market share in South Africa in terms of the top line. So the top line does a little bit better than you think versus market expectations. But where this business has done really well and has proven itself over the years is on margin management. And that came through quite strongly. So in the South African business, the gross margin management, the cost management came through quite well ahead of our expectations. And in the UK business that they've got office, which is, you know, been a troublesome acquisition. They've managed to get control of that and manage the business better in terms of a, a revised store footprint and getting control of inventory um, and managing the, the margins there as well. So, I mean, for a retailer to have that amount of upgrades, I mean, we've seen 20 to 25% upgrades to forecasts on that particular company. It's quite something, Lindsay, to see to see that given, you know, the top line of that business is running at, you know, 2-3% at the moment. Yeah, you've given us a couple of very interesting examples, one from the banking sector, one from the retail sector. Any other sectors that have also surprised you, whether it be commodities or technology or whatever? Are these the SA Inc stocks or sectors rather that you really focus on? Banks and retailers is where we have a lot of positions in the portfolio, but areas that are like at that like troughing point potentially starting to turn are insurance and property. So those areas are quite interesting at the moment. So we had the likes of All Mutual with their update, looks like a 15% beat um, on consensus. Momentum looks like a 25 to 28% beat. Discovery had a 6% beat. So in that insurance space, which has been struggling with lots of downgrades, based on the updates that have come out, and we're waiting for full results from All Mutual to unpack that a bit more, et cetera, to understand the sustainability thereof. Because, you know, I think the issue with the, the insurance sector is that, you know, COVID claims is what's kind of dragged down the earnings. And that might be coming in better than expected and potentially market levels. So that that sector in terms of earnings troughing, it's the first time we're seeing surprises to earnings. So that's interesting. So that's an area we are, are focused. And then the other areas around property. I mean, properties, you know, the stocks had a, had a massive rally last year, but the earnings revisions profiles hadn't actually bottomed. But what we're starting to hear is that you know, overall, it's now definitely there's a signal from across the board that those earnings divisions are bottoming and they're slightly positive. So it's an area we're keeping an eye on now and and, and doing a lot more work around. Um, I mean, you've got the office part, which is a smaller part of the property sector that's still weak, 
but not as weak as as kind of our expectations or the market expectations. And then the retail and the industrial side, the vacancies are coming out slightly better than feared. And the rental revisions, I mean, in retail last year was running at like mid-teens, but now you're talking about rental revisions of, uh, you know, one to 5%. So there are a lot of things, it's still not positive in terms of trajectory, but it's the trajectory is, is a less less bad bad one if i can put it that way so those are areas that we kind of like spying on at the moment but then on the flip side lindsay like the area where probably you know has disappointed a little bit and understandably so is on the mining side right yes i was going to ask you about the negative side because this has been a very positive chat so far (laughs) but of course uh, there's got to be be some downside as well so where have you seen disappointments yeah, so it's across the board on the mining side, be it the, our gold stocks, our platinum stocks, our diversified miners, you know. I think the issue coming out of there from an operational perspective is that production guidance or actual production that they're releasing is being is lower than expected. Costs are creeping up and are worse than expected and their capex bills are, are increasing. So inflation is coming through across the board on weaker production as well. So, you know, operationally, a lot of these businesses, you know, from that perspective, there's a downgrade cycle in there. But what's bailing them out is the fact that the market forecasts don't embed the current commodity prices. And therefore, there's still an upgrade cycle attached to a lot of these businesses. Um, but on the underlying, you know, if you just look at the operational part, that, that, that's been a disappointment over the course of the earnings season. Very interesting indeed, Rahana. And just tell me, without giving away too many of your secrets, when you get an earnings upgrade or a trading update that uh, alerts you uh, even better than your forecast, what do you do? Do you immediately say, well, we have a holding in this company or we don't have a holding in this company, we should increase our holding or we should start building a holding? How does it work? Yeah, so look, it depends, right? So if we don't have a position in the particular company and it beats, it's needing to understand the, you know, the sustainability of that beat. What did we get wrong? And can it carry on on a go-forward basis? And then what is embedded in the share price? So if you put that on a reasonable valuation, have we missed the boat or is there more potential upside to that company? So that gets debated and discussed and then you know, a position will be put on, on it needed. If we own a particular company and say we, were, we went in a little bit early because our analyst had very high conviction that those consensus numbers were very wrong and we, start the, we put in a starter position and that gets confirmed, it builds conviction around it and then we'll add to that position because then it confirms the initial view depends on, on on the circumstance. Fascinating insight. Thanks so much, Rihanna, for sharing your, your thoughts with us. Rihanna Khan is a portfolio manager at 91. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.